Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I am Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It's our 696th day together in God's Word, getting real close to 700 days together in the Word of God, coming close to the end of our second year. Um, and so it's been a wonderful trip for me so far. I hope that you have uh, enjoyed it and benefited from it and been blessed by it. If you have any questions about anything from any of the devotionals, uh, you can just send me an email, pastor at foresthillpca.org, and I'd be very happy to respond to your questions. Um, if you want further resources uh, for spiritual growth, if you want to know more about the church, um, if you just want to drop a little note, pastor at foresthillpca.org. Let's pray and ask the Lord's help as we dig into Isaiah 19 together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your faithfulness. You are so good. And we love you because you first loved us and you've been so good to us. Father, bless us as we study Isaiah 19 together today. May your word be applied to our hearts and our lives by the power of your Holy Spirit to the glory of your name in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Isaiah chapter 19, an oracle concerning Egypt. Behold, the Lord is riding on a swift cloud and comes to Egypt, and the idols of Egypt will tremble at his presence, and the heart of the Egyptians will melt within them, and I will stir up Egyptians against Egyptians. And they will fight each against another and each against his neighbor, city against city, kingdom against kingdom. And the spirit of the Egyptians within them will be emptied out. And I will confound their counsel and they will inquire of the idols and the sorcerers and the mediums and the necromancers. And I will give over the Egyptians into the hand of a hard master and a fierce king will rule over them, declares the Lord God of hosts. And the waters of the sea will be dried up, and the river will be dry and parched, and its canals will become foul, and the branches of Egypt's Nile will diminish and dry up. Reeds and rushes will rot away. There will be bare places by the Nile, on the brink of the Nile, and all that is sown by the Nile will be parched, will be driven away, and will be no more. The fishermen will mourn and lament, all who cast a hook in the Nile, and they will languish, who spread nets on the water. The workers in combed flax will be in despair, and the weavers of white cotton. Those who are the pillars of the land will be crushed, and all who work for pay will be grieved. The princes of Zoan are utterly foolish. The wisest counselors of Pharaoh give stupid counsel. How can you say to Pharaoh, I am a son of the wise, a son of ancient kings? Where are your wise men? Let me tell you that they might know what the Lord of hosts has purposed against Egypt. The princes of Zoan have become fools, and the princes of Memphis are deluded. Those who are the cornerstone of her tribes have made Egypt stagger. The Lord has mingled within her a spirit of confusion, and they will make Egypt stagger in all his deeds, as a drunken man staggers in his vomit. And there will be nothing for Egypt that head or tail, palm branch or reed may do. In that day, the Egyptians will be like women and tremble with fear before the hand of the Lord of hosts, 
the hand that the Lord of hosts shakes over them, and the land of Judah will become a terror to the Egyptians. Everyone to whom it is mentioned will fear because of the purposes that the Lord of hosts has purposed against them. In that day there will be five cities in the land of Egypt that speak the language of Canaan and swear allegiance to the Lord of hosts. One of these will be called the city of destruction. In that day there will be an altar to the Lord in the midst of the land of Egypt and an altar to the Lord at its border. It will be a sign and a witness to the Lord of hosts in the land of Egypt. When they cry to the Lord because of oppressors, he will send them a savior and defender and deliver them. And the Lord will make himself known to the Egyptians. And the Egyptians will know the Lord in that day and worship with sacrifice and offering. And they will make vows to the Lord and perform them. And the Lord will strike Egypt, striking and healing. And they will return to the Lord and he will listen to their pleas for mercy and heal them. In that day, there will be a highway from Egypt to Assyria. And Assyria will come into Egypt and Egypt into Assyria. And the Assyrian and the Egyptians will worship with the Assyrians. In that day, Israel will be the third with Egypt and Assyria, a blessing in the midst of the earth, whom the Lord of hosts has blessed, saying, Blessed be Egypt, my people, and Assyria, the work of my hands, and Israel, my inheritance. Hmm. Isaiah chapter 19, powerful message about Egypt that has many different aspects to it and facets to it. And I did preach on this. So if you want a fuller treatment, you can ask me for my sermon manuscript on Isaiah 19. I'll be happy to send you the manuscript that I used when I preached. I'll be happy to get you a recording of the sermon. Um, not sure if this one's available online or not. There's some of the Isaiah sermons where you can get the whole worship service, but the actual sermon itself is not edited down. Um, but anyway, Isaiah chapter 19. So part of the message here is simply that the Egyptians are arrogant and foolish. They, they trust in their own strength. They trust in their own wisdom. And God is going to humble them badly. Now that is a message that we as Americans ought to be paying attention to because Egypt was the great center for power and for culture and for education and for religion in the world. Assyria was on the rise. Assyria was coming down from the north, right, from present-day Iraq, and it was going to come in and conquer Egypt, and that's being foretold here. But right now, at this point, when Isaiah gives this prophecy, Egypt remains independent, and, and it's Judah very often looks to Egypt for help because Egypt has all these chariots and all these horses and all these foot soldiers. At times, the Egyptians mobilized an army of a million people with thousands of chariots. And they're just very, very impressive in terms of their wealth. They had the Nile River, which was uh, irrigated a whole section of, of land that became among the most abundant uh, grain-producing land in the whole ancient world. And then they had the fishing from the Nile, and they had other industries. So they were wealthy, they were powerful militarily, they were also very well educated and had great learning and great counsel, and they also had a lot of religion. A lot in common with modern America. 
if you think about it, powerful militarily, powerful economically. A lot of universities, the top universities in the world, people send their students from all over the world to come study in America at some of our top universities, and we're very, very religious people still. Although there's rising secularism, we still are very religious, and it's very much a diversity of a plurality of different religions. Um, and so God says to the Egyptians, because of your arrogance, because of your pride, I'm going to humble you. And a fierce king is going to rule over you. And there's going to be coming judgment. There's going to be judgment on your land as waters of the sea and the rivers dry up and, and canals become fouled. There's judgment coming because of your arrogance, because of your idolatry. It's coming. And I think that's a message that we need to heed as Americans, to the point that some of us, most of us listening to this are Americans. We need to understand that pride self-reliance arrogance often brings humbling judgment from god and there's evidence that the humbling judgment is already being unfolded by god and some of this some of this humbling judgment is when the people who had been known to be wise are giving absolutely stupid counsel and foolish advice boy do we see that now the wise people in our culture say things that are just dumb and contradictory and nonsensical and contrary to reason and to science and to evidence and to reality. And they say them with the greatest confidence as though it's obviously the right thing and the truth. And it's so bizarre. It's so wrong. And that's part of this. Like, there's a spirit of confusion. And there is also growing immorality and growing just weakness. But that's not the end of the story. It's not the end of the story. God's going to bless Egypt and Assyria by bringing his people, his people into dispersion. And the dispersion will be in Egypt where there's going to be five cities that speak the language of Canaan and swear allegiance to the Lord of hosts. And there's going to be an altar to the Lord in the middle of the land and a pillar to the Lord at the border. So there's going to be a remnant of faithful witness in Egypt and also in Assyria with Israel in the middle and God's word will permeate throughout this whole area. Now that happens after the Assyrians conquer down into Egypt, but also after the Babylonians come and they actually conquer Judah. Many more uh, people flee and they go down into Egypt. Many more of the Jewish people flee and go down into Egypt. And there they establish Jewish communities and synagogues and cities. And there's actually a, a very thriving Jewish community in Egypt for hundreds and hundreds of years. And then there becomes a very thriving Christian community in Egypt, which is still there to this day. So God has had a people, a people in the midst of Egypt as a witness to the truth of who he is from shortly after Isaiah 19 until the present day. So this prophecy has been fulfilled very powerfully. And Assyria, which is present day Iraq, and Israel in the middle, like at one point, this was all united by Christians and Christian lands. And there's still a Christian witness there to this day, people who know the one true God and who witness in the midst of these, these areas where it's largely not Christian. But the Lord is making himself known. The Lord is making himself known. How can we apply this to our lives? Well, here we go. Don't trust in the things the world trusts in. That's number one. Military power great learning, economic prowess. Don't trust in the things that the world trusts in. 
but be an outpost of truth-telling witness of the one true God and his son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Be the ones who say, here's the truth, not military power, not economic might, not great education and learning, certainly not wisdom that has become foolishness. None of those things are going to save you. God is the deliverer of all who trust in him. So be a gospel people. We are called to be a gospel people as salt and light in the midst of a corrupt and self-deluded civilization. I think that's a powerful call for us. Let's pray. Father, make us faithful to answer your call. Make us faithful to shine your light. Make us faithful to apply the salt of the gospel of grace to the wounds and the rot in our culture, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining me for Isaiah 19. Tomorrow we'll go right on to Isaiah 20, and I hope you can join me for that. As always, I, I sincerely do hope that you have a blessed day in the Lord.